1: Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Lamar
2: wants out officially. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So where is the right fit? Should your team be trading for him? We've got calls on the line that we're going to get to here very shortly at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Where should he end up? Well, a couple of things. Canty, first of all, earlier we were discussing the Jets' maybe even potentially trying to use him or use it as leverage in the uh, Aaron Rodgers trade talks with the Packers. Mm-hmm. So Joe Douglas met the media just a little while ago. Here he is on that topic, courtesy of our friends at SNY in New York. Yeah, well, first of all, Lamar Jackson's a fantastic player. Um, but you know, where where we stand is... It would be
3: disingenuous in in operating, negotiating in bad faith if we went down that path. Um, So right now we have our plan, we have our process, and we're sticking to that.
2: So, in other words, they're sticking to Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to even knock on that door Said the Jets are always going to operate in good faith. And I understand it, but at what point do the Jets operate in, I don't know, Interests of the Jets?
4: It's not even about operating in good faith. He's talking about being disingenuous. Teams are disingenuous all the time. They live they're in called, this disingenuous. sports lies. Of course they're <laughs> not going to tell you, listen, man, they're going to use other players in order to leverage the best deal for the right player for where they want to go. And in this instance, this is all about Joe Douglas not wanting to tick off Aaron Rodgers, uh, knowing how fragile this deal and how mercurial that player is. Now... To the lamar of it all i would say this the jets absolutely should be interested in lamar jackson along with 20 or so other teams in the national football league but we know what complicates this is owners holding the line and not wanting to give fully guaranteed deals to quarterbacks now we'll see if the deshaun watson contract ends up being an outlier or if it's the norm ozzie newsome said last week that he didn't know which it was himself and he's somebody that's still in the building in baltimore so if he doesn't know then it's fair to say that there's no consensus within the organization. So this is one of those things that's going to have to ultimately play out. But I'm curious to see what happens, what comes out of the owners' meetings in Arizona, because no doubt this will be a topic of conversation in those
2: closed-door sessions amongst the billionaires. Now, this is one I love. How about this tweet? Just in the last few minutes, from Ben Volan of the Boston Globe, who is a senior NFL writer, Robert Kraft meeting the media here in the last 15, 20 minutes. Robert Kraft says Meek Mill texted him three to four days ago that Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot. Kraft said, that's Bill's decision. Whoa. How about that? Listen, that's the team to me, and I've said this for a few weeks, he absolutely should end up with the Patriots. And it would make sense. Now the Patriots have been laying low, but Canty, like for me, if you're going to draw up a perfect scenario for a place for him to end up, other than the Jets, because of all their talent, it would be with the New England Patriots.
4: Well, they're an organization that's been known to think outside of the box, and going after Lamar Jackson would be outside the box move because Lamar is an outside of the box quarterback and it would take an unconventional contract in order to get it done. So for all of those reasons, it has the requisite level of weirdness that seems to make perfect sense in terms of how Bill Belichick likes to get down. So I, I'm with you on that front. I just don't know that that the Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens are going to be able to consummate a deal. The Patriots give, what, give up what it's going to take in order to acquire Lamar, and then pay Lamar the kind of money that he's looking for. That That's the part where, where you start to blush a little bit when it comes to what the total cost you have to give up in order to acquire the player ends up being. So we'll see how it plays out. But the closer we get to the middle of the July, I, I think you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, if they haven't traded Lamar beforehand, move, moving closer in terms of coming down on some of the compensation that they would be asking in a
2: trade. Where do you think the ideal place is? for Lamar to end up right now? Oh, man, the Detroit Lions makes a whole lot of sense. It just does. It'd be lightning. It'd be a hell of a show to watch.
4: It, it, it makes a whole lot of sense. And I get it. They got Jared Goff on the contract. But if they cut Jared Goff, they'd free up $21 million in cap space. it would give them around $40 million in cap. So I, I just, it would make sense because that's an ascending team with a good offensive line, damn good running game, decent weapons, And then you're talking about them trying to revamp that defense. I I just think Detroit, based on where that division is, based on where that conference is, makes a whole lot of sense. If Lamar goes to the Detroit Lions, they are on a short list of teams that could come out of the NFC to win, to, to go to the Super Bowl. You're talking about them the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, and maybe if you want to rope in the Cowboys, but I would probably confine it to those three teams. You're talking about those three teams. And Lamar Jackson, you can make the argument, is the best quarterback out of the lot.
2: Oh, that would be a show. 12.30 Eastern Time on Thanksgiving Day. Couldn't get here fast enough. Hello. You know, used to, used to be the game that you had to tolerate to get to 4 o'clock, you know? No. That would not be the case now. Let's hit calls. Kevin in Florida, next on ESPN Radio. Kevin, who do you think should be in the mix here?
3: Man, I want
1: to talk about a team that ain't even been mentioned. What do y'all think about the scenario with Aaron Rodgers and Love getting traded for Lamar Jackson?
2: Aaron,
4: what happened? Wait, <laughs> wait, wait,
1: wait a minute. Trading,
2: trading Jordan Love for Lamar Jackson?
1: Well... No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I, I don't know if it's a trade or how they would work it out. But I'm saying, how about Aaron Rodgers and Love go to Baltimore, and Lamar Jackson goes to Green Bay? Yeah, oh, that's that crap. Out.
5: That's what's
2: crap. The
1: scenario. What's the scenario behind that?
2: There's not a scenario. That's not happening. Thanks, so Kev. That's crap. That can't no, oh, it cannot happen. You're not trading both of those guys to the Baltimore Ravens. First of all, Aaron Rodgers has to want to go somewhere, and then secondly, why would you trade away Jordan Love, who you've been waiting for three years to even see in the first place? I mean, come on, come
4: yeah, on. I'm not. I'm not trading for a 40 year old quarterback that I have to pay 60 million dollars to no. from Baltimore.
2: Then this, I look like a real idiot for not paying a twenty five year old quarterback the same amount of money. Yeah, yeah, that that's not gonna happen.
4: <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't gonna happen. Sorry, boss. Sorry uh, that's not Jeff. Happen, Kevin. Jeff
2: is up next on ESPN radio. Jeff, what do you think?
1: Hi, this is Jeff from Tampa. Uh what about uh Lamar to Tampa? See, to me, the Bucks the right
3: receivers I I love it.
1: Jeff I, I love, I love it.
2: it. I love it. The Bucks should be in on this, can't he? Yeah. I don't understand why they wouldn't be because no, they've got be the honest, weapons.
3: I don't know who our
6: quarterback is anyway, so.
2: Well, you don't have you one. You don't right have one. I think that's yeah. the point. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you got Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And you got a, a whole never, lot of nothing. A, a never
2: was and a, never, and a might never be. That's what you got as quarterback
4: do. right now. If you're you champ. know what that
2: reminds me of? It reminds me of the first time I was going to Vegas, and uh, this older, friend, uh, older guy at a, at a drugstore I worked at tried to teach me how to play blackjack. Uh-huh. And he dealt me out a hand, and I, the hand was 14. And he, and I said, well, uh, he's, he looked at me and he said, what do you have? And I said, I have 14. He says, no, you got squat. <laughs> That's what you got. <laughs> That's what you would have in that situation down in Tampa. You got squat right now. You have 14 at the blackjack table. Hey, and
4: Lamar Jackson is getting closer to home. So if you're Tampa and you want to make a big move,
2: which it seems like everybody in that division is making at quarterback, yeah. that would be the move. Let's hit Maurice up next in Baltimore on ESPN Radio. Maurice, it's got to be a tough day there.
1: Uh, yeah, very tough to say the least. And uh, I'm hoping that I'm – because I'm born and raised in Baltimore that you all will just spare me an extra minute or two here to make a couple of really, really good points. Um, well, Like I said, born and raised in Baltimore. Uh, I'm over 50. I remember working for the Baltimore Colts. When, when the Ursae family pulled the team out of town in the middle of the night and we all went into a meeting the next day and told we were fired. I remember that day like it was yesterday. And uh, I want to first make a point about uh, Canty, you know, because, you know, he and Shannon Sharp were one of the first two members of the media to call this for what it was since the very beginning. They, this is not right. This is not good. Uh, Baltimore, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. I really want to applaud Canty for the position that he took early on in this whole uh, debacle that's going on in Baltimore. I've already called the front office, canceled my season tickets, Hmm. and I'm encouraging everybody else in Baltimore to do the same because this is absolutely ridiculous. The Biscotti bought the Ravens for $600 million. And the last time I checked, the value on the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens are worth three point nine billion. Ooh, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have caused it wouldn't have been too much sweat off of his back to pay this guy. These guys put their lives on the line every year. They go out and play rain, snow, sleet, and hail. I hope Lamar Jackson is listening to because there's a large number of fans in Baltimore that are. I can't even really say what I what I'm. What I want to say on the radio because you guys are probably in the call, but we are to, to say we're upset is an understatement. We are livid.
2: Understandable, Maurice. Thanks for the call. Listen. And they have a right to be. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens fans have a right to be
4: upset. This is ridiculous. How could you let it get to this situation? You fight tooth and nail with your your pers- your, your 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 scouting staff, your your front office personnel, in order to scour the college football landscape, and find somebody like Lamar Jackson. And then you, 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 you scramble as an organization to put a coaching staff in place that could harness the talent and develop the player. Baltimore has already gone through all of that, and you got an MVP out of it. And you're, you're on the verge of having no choice but to move on from him because of how poorly you've handled this negotiation and how you've treated the window where you could extend this player if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan like Maurice, I completely understand why you would be frustrated at the organization and you have every right to be. No matter how Baltimore tries to frame this, they're the ones that messed this up because they wouldn't have to contend with the Sean Watson contract being a precedent of a fully guaranteed deal had they paid Lamar Jackson when they were first eligible to. After he won an MVP – after he won that road playoff game down in Nashville after in his third year. Had they paid him in, it would have been much easier to do. You know what they should have done? They should have done what the Buffalo Bills did with Josh Allen. We're going to pay you $43 million a year after your third year. How's that looking for Buffalo right now? Same draft class. That's what you should have done. You screwed up. And now you're trying to frame Lamar Jackson as being the greedy one. Oh, no, 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 no. We see through that. It ain't on Lamar. This is on y'all. This is why you pay a guy sooner rather than later. Because when you get these outlier, and I say that in air quotes, these outlier contracts, they undoubtedly create more friction when it comes to negotiating
2: a deal that's in the best interest of the team. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits Go to progressive.com slash careers, apply online today. We head out to Arizona. We welcome in Jamison Hensley, ESPN NFL reporter who covers the uh, Ravens for ESPN NFL Nation. Jamison, that was a a bit of a strange situation earlier today uh, when John Harbaugh was speaking just as Lamar tweeted it out. What was your initial reaction to it all?
6: It just, uh, honestly, I, I, you would think that nothing would surprise us at this point, but for Lamar, it was a perfectly timed tweet. I will say I was sitting there in the room. Uh, I had to get there pretty much 45 minutes uh, before John Harbaugh was scheduled to speak to even get a spot at the at the table. Uh, he was the in-demand coach today. And as soon as Harbaugh walked through that, that those doors, Lamar hit the tweet button. And also, we got our notifications we see that Lamar has tweeted about wanting, you know, about a trade request that he had given the Ravens on March 2nd. And before John Harbaugh was even able to sit down, he was being asked about this tweet. Uh, it, again, it was a very surreal moment uh, in, in this contract negotiations that have now spanned 25 months.
4: Uh, Jameson, we know that teams are reticent to sign players to offer sheets when they're franchise tagged, but, but now that yeah. Lamar has made the trade request, does this from your perspective change anything in terms of teams being willing to engage the Baltimore Ravens to try to acquire him? Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, again, we have not spoken
6: to Lamar. We don't know his intentions and everything, but kind of gauging how everything has gone down. My guess is. Is that Lamar is thinking? Okay, no one has reached out to him uh, since he's gotten put in a non-exclusive franchise tag, and that's it's we're in 20 days into that, and no one has engaged with him. I, I'm getting the feeling that he's thinking that because the perception is that the Ravens would match any offer, that has really hurt his market value it has has kind of hurt any kind of interest it's uh, discouraged teams. So I think from his point, if he goes out there and says, look. I, I put in a trade request. I am looking to move on. One, that sends a message. It's his first public message to the Ravens saying that he wants out of Baltimore, but also it tells other teams, hey, look, I'm telling the Ravens, do not match this offer because he wants to be elsewhere.
2: Jamison Hensley covers the Ravens for ESPN. Uh, Jamison, I just wonder what the compensation looks like now once the ravens actually get to the point of understanding that they're going to have to move on so um you know it it, it's so hard to read because if they sign to the offer sheet it's two ones is did today do anything to really hurt that
6: i don't think so i think that's kind of the ravens are saying it's going to have to take at least two you know it's going to take those two first round picks uh for that it's not going to be a devontae adams deal where it was a first round and a second round pick. I just don't think the Ravens feel like that. That is, they would get the the, the value uh, for for letting Lamar go elsewhere. So uh, I think that is still the the asking price. Uh, again, I, the Ravens have done a lot of moves this offseason season to free up some cap room to be that put be in a position where unless it's a, a deal where it's million signing bonus, a record signing bonus, something that would really hurt them in in, in their cap situation, be unable to match. I think the Ravens have put it out there that they're they're going to be willing to match any offer for Lamar. uh, But, again, if they do pass and they would have five days to to match or decline, they would get two first-round picks. And I think at this point, two first-round picks for Lamar and knowing that he is disgruntled, uh, would be a path that they would pursue. Because if you look in the past, since Eric Dacosta took over as general manager for the Ravens, took over for Ozzie Newsome, when players have asked to be traded, he has done so. You looked at Orlando Brown, a Pro Bowl offensive tackle. They traded him to Kansas City. You look at Marquise Hollywood Brown, their number one wide receiver at the time. He wanted to be traded. They sent him to Arizona. So there is a track record here that for players who want to be out, Eric Dacosta has granted that and allow them to go elsewhere.
4: Jameson, would the draft be the deadline for trading Lamar Jackson if the Ravens are so inclined? I, you would think so from their perspective because right now they have the
6: 22nd overall pick. They only have five draft picks overall. They, to get a quarterback to replace Lamar in this draft, they have no way to, to move up. Uh, so they would need one of those those first-round picks as compensation to move up. Let's just say if it's like the Colts. Uh, then they would be in position uh, to get a top quarterback in this draft. So uh, I think that's, that's kind of the breaking point. But under league rules, Lamar Jackson would have up to July 17th to sign an offer sheet with another team and get a multi-year deal uh, out of it. After July 17th, he cannot sign a multi-year offer sheet with another team. So I think the draft for the Ravens is kind of the breaking point, but league rules, he he really can't get a, a multi-year deal beyond July seventeenth,
2: Jameson, We know it's a crazy day. Appreciate a couple of minutes, man. Thanks for the perspective. Hey,
6: it's it, 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 it's always about Lamar, and it's always the unexpected. So please <laughs> hit me up anytime.
2: Jameson Hensley, ESPN NFL Ravens reporter, with us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We're going to continue getting your calls in throughout the course of the show. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six and if you're online we're going to get to you soon so sit tight we will get to you there the right fit for lamar and should your team be in on lamar we want to hear from you and hear everything you've got to say about it up next we do have a final four and it was a strange way to get there we'll get the perspective on it in just moments
1: this is the canty and carlin podcast
2: Wow. Canty, out of over 20 million brackets on ESPN.com, 37 correctly predicted the Final Four. Wow. 37.
4: 37.
2: Yeah. That's about, if you want to break it down a little further, that's about two per million brackets. Added 100% correct. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, we welcome in Jordan Cornett, ESPN and ACC Network College Basketball Analyst. JC, appreciate the time. And first of all, you've seen Miami as much as anybody. Uh, This is a team that played exceptionally well uh, for the majority of the year, and Jim Laraniga finally got him over the top. How did he do it?
3: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great question, Carla and Kenny. It's going to be on with you guys. I will say those 37 brackets that have been done, either maniacs were able to get those four or children under the age of 10 that just picked off <laughs> colors and jerseys uh, are the ones that got that right. Nobody that knew what was going on because nobody could have predicted this. I would say this, Carla, maybe the one thing that may have been kind of predictable was Miami's run to the Final Four, and I was one of those on them early. Not trying to pat myself on the back because I've gotten virtually everything else wrong, but I did look at this Miami team and say, they are comprised of what wins in March. They're not heavily reliant on the three. Their style and scheme is different and hard to adjust to on the fly. They are the King of the diff- of the tough twos. They go ahead and score 80 plus against Texas. One of the best teams in the country. <clears throat> they do it with two three point made field goals. They had five guys in double figures Jordan Miller, I believed, was the best player in the ACC all season long, despite his teammate Isaiah Wong, who had a great year, winning ACC Player of the Year. This is a group that can score consistently. They make their free throws. Guys can score off the bounce in isolation. They throw a bunch of different defensive looks at you, never knowing where doubles are coming from, active hands and deflections, and they've got a Hall of Fame coach on the sidelines. They're built to cut down the nets when this thing's all said and done in Houston.
4: Jordan, last year we saw a Final Four that was comprised of Blue Blood programs. You're talking about the top seeds being able to get to the Final Four, and then that culminating in a final between Kansas and Carolina. This year you don't have any number one seeds in the Final Four, first time in the tournament's history. What does that say about the state of college basketball and the NCAA tournament?
3: Well, Ken, it's a fair question, but like, let's be clear. There's always been a level of chaos to, to March in the brackets, hence the name March Madness. And look, none of us work for CBS, so we don't have to be concerned about what the ratings are and what the number is when this Final Four is all said and done. To me, what, what this does show, it without question illustrates, that this NIL, but maybe bigger than NIL, this transfer portal uh, has opened up a whole new wave. And for those coming into the the transfer portal and NIL world and said, the rich will get richer, right away I said, quite the contrary. I mean, this gives everybody a seat at the table. Money is everywhere. Opportunity is everywhere. And there's alums scattered all across the place that say, I want my program to be good. I want a seat at the table. And there's always a player who says, this didn't work out for me, but I'll have the ball in my hands here coupled with money from NIL. Let's make it work. Team we just got, I just got asked about from, uh, from Carlin there in Miami. You've got Nigel Pack, one of the, 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 the best player coming, the MVP of that region coming out. Nigel Pack from Kansas State had a great NIL package of nearly seven figures. Great fit there. Norchad O'Meara, the guy that fortifies it all on the low block, another one of those transfer portal guys with a solid NIL deal. They were culture guys that fit into what they do, fit into the locker room seamlessly, and here they are with an opportunity two wins away from a national championship. That can happen at virtually any program in the 350-plus in Division One, and that's what's always going to make this thing even more interesting than in years past.
2: Jordan Cornett, ESPN and ACC Network College Basketball Analyst. Let's just make it uh, very simple here. What intrigues you the most about this group that has made the Final Four?
3: I think the thing that most intrigues me is you're going to have a UConn team that is playing – One of the beauties of of Mars, Carlin, is it's all about playing your best basketball right now. UConn's always had the pieces. They've turned it on to a ridiculous level. Can they sustain that going against a group of Miami that has equal firepower, equal dispersed talent and production? I do believe that's a de facto national championship game, taking nothing away from the other side. But whoever comes through that one is going to face a very rugged, very physical, very defensively sound group. Now, both those teams of Miami and UConn can guard, no question but you're going to see contrasting styles that make it to a championship game just with how the pairings are set up. To me, the story is going to be incredible because it's rarefied air for whomever it is, but it's always about at this stage when these programs are wholly unaware of what this stage provides, who can play their best basketball now because it is even more of a challenge than ever with the hoopla that comes with this thing. I remember hearing Jay Wright always say, you just want to get to the basketball Because that's the only normal thing about this weekend. Everything else is so distracting. When you get to the court, you feel like you've already ran a marathon. Who's best equipped to perform once they reach the Final Four and actually get to the court?
4: Jordan, I know you also cover ACC football, and you keep your ear to the ground when it comes to the AFC North because you're a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. But what do you make about what's happening with your division rival in the Baltimore Ravens (laughs) and their negotiations with Lamar Jackson? I'm over the moon.
3: I mean, he can't you can be. I'm over the moon right now. Uh, th- this is, this is a, a franchise that is in complete disarray when it's never been that, as you well know. I mean, look, we've seen this happen with franchise quarterbacks. And when it goes this way, what is the end game? What, what always happens? That quarterback leaves. Yep. So you don't have to follow the breadcrumbs for too long before you know how this went in. He's not going to be a Raven. I mean, it's just not going to happen. This is not going to get figured out. He's clearly gone, and it's a it's a it's an organization that is set up to win with him as their quarterback. So goodbye, Lamar. Incredible talent. He's going to make somebody else better right away. I can't believe the market's not on fire for this guy and hasn't been yet. Uh, but for him to get out of the AFC North, I truly look to Kenny Pickett's on his way. Steelers are always dangerous, but not there yet. I think the Browns are truly our biggest competition right now with Deshaun another season under his belt. The weapons they have and the identity of that group is incredibly dangerous. But I think it's the Bengals 1A and the Browns are 1B right now in that division if this plays out as I assume it will.
2: It's okay, Jordan. You can say it. It's your time. It's your time. (laughs) Do you
3: think it is, though? Carla, do you see really now? Think that is? is the negativity
2: of a man that has gone through a lot of pain, right there. Do you think it <laughs> well, is? You've you been to I a Super Bowl and, and you've beaten the Chiefs twice in two years hey, on the hey, road. Let,
1: if not, how? When
3: Jordan Cornett? <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you this, Carla. There's a clip that my boys send me all the time when the Bengals were making a run. It was me. It was Canty. It was Foxworth. And it was my my better half, my wife, up there on a uh, first take. And I said, "Give me Joe Burrow." right alongside Patrick Mahomes or anybody else down the stretch of a game. And your boy sit right there next to you. My guy who I love and Kansas, said, I'm not laughing at him because it might sound crazy, but it's not crazy. You're right. Joe Burrow and the Bengals have arrived, but it's how they navigate these next few seasons in terms of how they manage the money and make the moves here to sustain this thing. I just want it to be sustained because we do have a quarterback that makes me believe in anything.
4: Well, Jordan, just make sure that you guys learn the lesson from the Ravens and pay Joe Burrow as soon as you can pay him. That would be this offseason.
3: <laughs> hey, once we took the Brown name off the stadium and made it pay court, everyone at Cincinnati said, oh, we different. What do different? <laughs> we're different. We're, we're making moves. This happening now. Pay Corps has never sounded sexier to a Cincinnatian because we knew what that entailed. And, uh, look, I, I just hope this offensive line thing, I hope Orlando's an answer, and uh, I hope we can be consistently good there. Keep some of these weapons. We've lost a few, but I still feel like we're in a spot to do it for a long time. And Lamar leaving, hopefully, is fantastic news.
2: Listen, it's okay. You can feel, you can have nice things. You can enjoy life for a little bit.
3: You've earned (laughs) it. You've earned it. We just need, we need that Super Bowl. We need to shut everybody up with that Super Bowl. That's what we need, not the appearance. We need that win.
2: Jordan, great stuff, brother. Thanks. Appreciate it.
3: Carlin, Canty, love you guys, man. Thanks for having me
2: on. Jordan Cornett, ESPN, ACC Network, college basketball analyst, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Phone lines are jammed <laughs> with people wanting to talk Lamar. We're going to get you in here shortly. Where is the right fit? Should your team trade for Lamar? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is on the way. Also on the way. He came back, but it didn't really matter. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio brought to you by Wendy's 2 for 6 bucks The best deal in fast food.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
5: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17% alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely
2: he was back after 13 games came off the bench 19 and 8 canty didn't matter lakers lost to the bulls 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty and Carlin with you on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. So he is back now, Canty. And the Lakers are, of course, trying to make the late push. They currently sit in ninth place in the Western Conference. Uh, they are tied right now with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but they've got the tiebreaker So that puts them in the 9 spot versus the 10 spot. Dallas now is sitting on the outside looking in, which is hard to imagine. But that is the case. Uh, Is there a full game behind both of those teams? All right, Canty, he's back. It's going to – I don't think it'll take all that long to ingratiate himself back in. Bigger question I have, why eight shots for Anthony Davis in what, 38, 40 minutes, something like that? Oof.
4: Yeah, it's not great, and usually when the Lakers play well, it's them playing through AD with Davis being ultra-aggressive in the game. I mean, AD only taking eight shots in 36 minutes, that ain't going to get it done. Like As much as I understand he wants to defer to LeBron in his first game back, LeBron James is trying to work himself back into shape, and there's a reason why Darvin Ham had him coming off the bench to try to alleviate whatever pressure that LeBron might have felt in order to save the season. In that instance, it's Anthony Davis' team. He's gotta take control of it, and yet he didn't. Now, I will say this, he had the highest plus minus of any starter in the game yesterday, but you need AD to impact the game in terms of scoring the basketball more than he showed against the Bulls. And quite frankly, the game shouldn't have been you know, the game shouldn't have played out the way that it did. The complexion of it was all wrong, Carl. And for the Bulls to win every single quarter until the fourth. When, the, the bull, when they were up by twenty as many as 21 points, I, I don't know. Something about that just doesn't sit right with me. I, I think the Lakers have got to be better. They've got to show a little bit more urgency. So I think that that's what you have to focus on moving forward, Anthony Davis being more proactive earlier in games in order for
2: the team to be the best version of themselves. Listen, I, I don't worry about the Lakers now. I, I have been convinced that they will be in the play-in. It's just okay. – are they going to make their That's way? Step.
4: That's a step for you.
2: It That's is a step. A step. It, it is a step for me. But you know why it is? It, it's just hmm. being blown away at how bad the Mavericks have been. with, and Even with Kyrie playing reasonably well. Boy, it, could you look more miserable than Luka looked yesterday? Oh, my God. No, you
4: couldn't. No, you couldn't. But I don't want to focus on them. We'll let the losers worry about losing. <laughs> I, I'm working with the winners and the, the Lakers. The thing as a Lakers fan that's maddening is that just when the team gets back to 500 with the win over OKC on Friday night, as a fan, you want to dream about potentially getting that sixth seed and avoiding the play. in you want to dream about having a winning record for once this season. But no, you get a game like yesterday when it's supposed to be a good day for LeBron James being back, and yet you drop one to the Chicago Bulls, quite frankly, a team that they just should not lose to. So I just—that's the frustrating part about it as a Lakers fan. Um, it's getting to the point now, Carla, where you got to count the losses. Like you're sitting there saying, we don't have a lot of margin for error. You're probably talking about this team being able to afford two more losses and still maintain their position in being in the play-in. Um, but if you can stack some wins, and it's going to be hard because five of your remaining seven are on the road. If you can stack some wins, you still have the chance of being able to get grab that succeed. So we'll have to wait and see what happens the LA Clippers will have to wait and see what happens with them but i mean it's it's not outside of the realm of possibility that that
2: could happen now here's the good news on the road you've got uh Minnesota but then Houston you got Utah uh the la- you got Chicago first on Wednesday night uh and then the last road game of this uh trip is really home against the Clippers and then Phoenix and Utah to close out this uh season at home i I'd be surprised if they didn't get there at this point.
1: Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch on the ESPN app.